everybody. We're back for another episode. Hi, Sosh. Hi, guys. So I'm Elena. It's been a minute. It's been a couple weeks. You've been working. Yes. It's been kind of tough to get together. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Out of town. Yeah, uh, February, I think, literally went by in a blink. It was, January was so long, it felt like it lasted forever. Did you really think that? I did. I did not think that. I think January literally flew by. No, I feel like the beginning of the month, I mean, the beginning of the year went by so slow. And then February was literally over. Gone? No, because, like, I remember every year, like, there's always memes on social media, like, oh, welcome to the longest year of 2023, and it's, like, January. Yeah, yeah, but, like, yeah. this year I felt it went by really fast. <laughs> yeah, no, I I feel like it went by really, really slow, and then getting into February, I was, like, so excited for Valentine's Day and whatever, just life, and then it went by really fast. I went on my trip. I was only gone for, like, five days. Yeah. And it felt like I was gone at the beginning of February. Then I came back and it was the end of February. <laughs> so here we are, right? We're, we're actually recording this episode on Saturday, yeah. February 25th. So we should be posting the episode later today. So this is in real time, yes. guys. We changed things up a little bit today. We are not having coffee. We no. actually got... Got a mangonada. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Hopefully everybody knows what that is. But for those of you who don't, it's kind of like what? Like a slapped up mango with slushy yeah like an ice frozen mango drink mango chunks mine's watermelon so mine has watermelon yeah but you eat it yes. instead of drink it and it has like chile lime chamoy and like powdered chile the place is over here uh, for those of you that live where we live in mm-hmm. sagemont it's called la monarca the mm-hmm. monarca mm-hmm. or something right right next to kroger for anyone that knows if you google yeah. it there's a lot of locations throughout houston i don't know if they have them anywhere else yeah. <laughs> but we, we wanted to try something different because before i came in here i checked and it was 83 degrees outside so <laughs> probably the hottest day to date for this yeah. year for us yeah, yeah. for sure it's pretty cool so on but, the way in i was like uh do you want coffee today or do we want to do something different and yeah Lee agreed to do something different yeah so here we are <laughs> for sure so no coffee i had my coffee earlier today i had to work i had to do saturday tutorials for my little mongrels at school I took my son that was an event my kids were pretty pretty happy with me bringing my son they all kind of you know said he was super cute i was like i know mm-hmm. <laughs> he is so cute and right now he's taking a nap so we're yes. taking a advantage of that so we can record absolutely you guys. yes <laughs> but cool i'm glad that you've had a good february how was valentine's day for you it was good uh steven and i we're not really like big we don't like celebrate our anniversary or anything like that mm-hmm. it's so weird we're not big on huge celebrations mm-hmm. for events like that it's so lame but like we do truly celebrate our love as often as we can we Aww, do daily you know we do like weekly so dates i know it's also disgusting lame. <laughs> But we do. And so for Valentine's Day, he asked me, I mean, do you want to do anything? I came home on the 13th. So Mm. I got home actually at 2 a.m. on Valentine's Day. And so when I got home, he had flowers and everything waiting for me. Um, That was really sweet. But no, we went to dinner. We went to our favorite hibachi place. I think we took you. No, we took you to sushi. Mm -hmm. We went to our favorite hibachi place out there in Fulcher, which is close to where we live. And uh, one of his best friends went with us because we go to eat with him every Tuesday for Buffalo Wild Wings is two for Tuesday. Oh, and it okay. was a Tuesday. And so whenever we went to eat, he, he joined us. So nice. it That's wasn't cute. nothing special. We just we just went out and had dinner. So nice. yeah, but I hope you guys enjoyed it. It was a really cool day, actually, because we had a field trip at school. So oh, we took the kids to main event for half the day. We didn't get back until like maybe one or so. So the kids had a really good time at main event. We just got to chill. We didn't have to teach. So that was fun. And then we did something. I did something in the afternoon. Where was the field trip? 
to main event. Oh, main event. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so all the little girls that had little boyfriends, I'm sure, were like, yeah, yeah, they were so all, much fun getting all their course. little gifts. Yes, they all got their gifts. Oh and gosh. then there was something else that day that I did. I, I already forgot. But it was just a really good, eventful day for me. I obviously I'm not like I don't have a I'm not in a relationship, but I've I always loved I've always loved Valentine's. Like yeah. it's just such a cool, just really fun, nice day. Honestly, same. I've always celebrated Valentine's Day as a single person. Yeah. I made it a point. Like mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember I had I would have dinners and like I saw yeah. memories come up on my Facebook and I was like Oh my god, I used to like love. I mean, I, I still love celebrating it. Yeah. But like I'm saying, for us, it's more like we don't really like the crowds right. and you know the restaurants and all that stuff being packed. But yeah, I love. Yeah. I love Valentine's Day. Me what too. it represents and how happy everyone and joyful yeah. everyone is. Right. Yeah. Like I think that's what I like about it. Like, my favorite holiday it has to be Veterans Day because I'm a veteran. Yeah. <laughs> but I think my second favorite holiday, besides the bigger holidays, is Valentine's Day. Like, I really just enjoy that day. I think it's a great day to show love to anybody, to show love to your partner to show love to your friends to anybody so it was nice I got flowers from a boy um so that was cute but yeah it was all in all a a really good day that's awesome well I mean that is a perfect segue into Mm. our episode today because we're over here talking about how joyful and fluffy and butterflies and makes you feel whatever but our episode today is in light of Valentine's Day, something that we wanted to, or I wanted to kind of put into our episode for this month. And so I am integrating a love triangle into our episode. So our episode this week is called the Princeton Murder Love Triangle. And we are going to talk about essentially what can happen when things go wrong. People are unfaithful and, and disloyal. And so, nice. uh, so we will go ahead and take advantage of our time, like we said, because we yes. have a napping toddler. <laughs> yes, we do have a napping toddler. And go ahead and get started with the episode. So, Katie, the intro was Yes. So, as you guys have been hearing Sochi's voice, she is the one hosting the episode today. So, she's going to be talking about the story. So, make sure that if you don't want to grab a coffee this week, maybe a mango nada, grab what you want, but get ready, settle in, because we have a lot to crime to cover. All right, guys, so as I mentioned before, today we wanted to give you guys a special Valentine's Day episode. This episode is going to cover a gruesome murder that came about as a result of a love triangle. As always, we hope we can do our best to tell the victim's story and help remind you to always watch your back because unfortunately, you guys, as we learn through most of the stories we go through on our podcast, right, um, sometimes you can't even trust those closest to you, right? Yes. And so it's, it's creepy, but, but you know, you, you got to remember that. And so this, this morning, kind of like leading me back to a real life situation, Steven, we were in the car and he um, looked over at me and reminded me of our crime junkie girls. I think it was a crime junkie girl not the morbid girls I can't remember but they would always say like stay safe be weird weird." he looked at me this morning and he's like hey make sure you're always watching your back be rude to people don't be nice and I was just like are you listening to true crime because he's not a true crime (laughs) and so it was really funny to hear that so reminder guys watch your back right don't always trust everyone and don't always believe that everyone has the best intentions for you so I'm excited (laughs) I'm always I feel like for some reason, I'm always the one telling the story. Like, so it's cool to like not know what the story is gonna be. Yeah, I think it. I think it's cool because we just started the yes. not knowing thing, yeah. and so you have always kind of know what's yeah. gonna happen or what our episodes are about. But we like this, like cool. not, the other person not knowing. So, 
Um, like I said, right, we're, we're going to tell the story in the sense of, you know, you get to know a little bit about the victim. And so I'm going to tell the story a little different today okay. because I did want to make sure to talk about the victim so you can hear her story. Because as you will learn, she had no fault in this, you guys. I mean, she was put into a situation in which she had no control over anything at all, right? Nothing was, I mean, she didn't even know, right? Some things you can kind of control in the sense of red flags, noticing, th you know, certain things, but all of this happened because of lust and disloyalty at the end of the day, because of somebody else, not because of anything she did. And so today we are telling the story of Kelly Underwood. She's an independent single mother who was on a mission to provide a better life for her and her three children. In 2001, Kelly was diagnosed with a life-threatening brain tumor. Thankfully, Whoa. her tumor was found with enough time. But after the tumor was removed, she suffered partial paralysis and began battling depression. Needing a change, as you can imagine, Underwood headed to the Dallas suburb of Princeton. I know that when you guys heard Princeton, people were probably thinking up north, but yeah. it's a Texas story. So here we go. Staying well, back I like Texas. that. Yeah. Yeah. So she moved to uh, the, the Dallas suburb of Princeton for a fresh start and what she felt was a second chance at life. Upon arriving in Princeton, she moved in with one of her high school friends, okay. Tiffany Walborn, and worked at a metal fabrication business that was actually owned by Walborn's husband, Ronnie Walborn. Okay. So did they know, like, so they just kept in contact yeah. after high school and they were just like, let's just move in together? Yeah, okay. I guess, you know, she had essentially that epiphany, right, that she wanted a new start and mm -hmm. move somewhere different. And her and her friend had kept in touch. And so... Due to her actually being able to get a job with them, I guess they offered her a place to stay as well, okay. right, as she kind of transitioned and moved over. Mm -hmm. um, she worked as a welder, and I'm going to introduce a few different characters, guys. So I'm going to try to use the same name and not their last names and, and confuse you, because when I was reading through the story, I was getting a little confused. So bear with me on the names, because there are quite a few people involved in this story. Okay. And so when she moved over to Dallas, she worked as a welder in the company before taking a job in the front office. She and Ronnie, right, so Ronnie is her high school friend's husband, husband, right, he's the owner of the company, became close, and when Tiffany and him divorced, she actually provided a shoulder for him to lean on. So this is her friend, Tiffany's now ex-husband, right? So so we're, we're on the same page. So, okay. Kelly, so Kelly and Tiffany were roommates friends. Yep, and roommates. friends. Tiffany was married to Ronnie. Ronnie. Tiffany and Ronnie break up. Right. Divorced. divorced. And then... Kelly provides a shoulder for, for him, him to lean on. Oh, shit. Okay. And once she was settled into her new life and her new beginning, Kelly mo moved into a new home. So she moved out of the house with Tiffany. Tiffany was on her own. Kelly was on her own. Ronnie was on his own, okay. right? Her three children, you know, if that was something you had in question, had already moved out. And she started enjoying, essentially, by this point, her three children were adults, right? Whenever okay. she moved over. She she came over to start a new life with them, but everyone had their own place. Like, okay. they didn't all live together. And so once she was settled into her new life and her new beginning, Kelly moved into her new home, and she enjoyed the time to herself. But unfortunately, as we're going to hear throughout the story, the peace that she had built for herself in this new life, new setting, wouldn't last very long. Mm -hmm. Her family says that all she wanted in this life was to be a better version of herself for her family for generations to come. They say that she would always say she wanted to be the best grandma, quote unquote, right? And so that's kind of giving you the illusion of her wanting to provide a legacy and not just, you know, be a good person. She mm -hmm. really wanted people to remember the light that she brought because she was one of those women that would walk into a room full of strangers, right? And by the time she left, she knew everyone in the room. They say her presence would bring light to every room that she would walk into. Her family can only hope 
that she's remembered that way. All the good things she did in her life, always with a smile on her face, always helping others. Her sisters and children will continue to share her story and continue to fight for justice for Kelly because they know she didn't deserve this. She was trying so hard to take care of herself, her mental health, her physical health, and balancing her finances. But on the evening of September 20th, 2017, Kelly Underwood was found in her home by her very own daughter, Kaden, brutally murdered. I mean, can you even just imagine coming into your parents' house to check on them because you haven't heard from them in a few days and finding them like that? Yeah, that's kind of crazy. It kind of reminds me, I know this is like, I kind of want to cover the case, but not really. Do you remember our cousin's friend murdered his girlfriend? Oh my God, what? No. Yes. Oh, yes. yes. Oh my God. I don't yes, want to yes, put yes, names to anything. Our cousin, yeah. her husband, mm-hmm. his friend that he worked with that we knew, we freaking spent Christmases together. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, not Christmases, one Christmas, but like he was close enough, you know, he when he killed his girlfriend and then her parents found her like a couple of days later. Allegedly. Allegedly, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. But whatever. Anyways, that's All crazy. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so... When her daughter arrived at her home and found her, Kelly was already frozen like ice, and her daughter noticed that she had blood all over her head. When she found her mom's body, she went in to feel for a pulse, and that's when she noticed that she was already as cold as ice to the touch. Caden, as you can only imagine, went into full panic mode and ran out of the house to call 911 to try and get some help for her mom. When first responders arrived on the scene, there was no need for them to begin resuscitation because there were very obvious signs that she had been deceased for a while. What makes this case stand out even more is that Princeton hadn't seen a murder in decades, so the Princeton Police Department enlisted the Texas Rangers to help with this investigation. Although her body was found by Caden on the evening of September 20th, it has been determined by the autopsy that she was actually murdered between the night of September 16th and the early morning of September 17th. Her body was found on the floor of her craft room, which was located directly in front of the primary bedroom of the home. Kayla was the one that guided them to her mother's body upstairs, and the first responders on scene noticed right away that there was blood all around the room. Items had been ransacked and knocked over, and without even having to move her body, they noticed that the blood had come from stab wounds all over her body, in addition to a gunshot wound to her head. Oh my gosh. So that's like overkill. Overkill. So most likely he started stabbing her. She wouldn't die. So he shot her. We'll see. Because unless he like shot her first and then stabbed her, that's overkill. Like you really hated this person. you really hated. Yep. Yep. But once they completed the autopsy, it was determined that Kelly actually died from the gunshot wounds. Okay. And multiple stab wounds were to her body, but mostly to her head oh my god this scene was something out of a horror movie i mean as you can imagine obviously in your head right now right the severity of the wounds and the signs of how hard she actually fought back just proved that this heinous crime had been committed with passion and anger absolutely why would someone want to put someone through so much pain and be so cruel to another human being Another thing that stood out to investigators was that it's not very common for someone to use two different weapons, just like you said, on one victim. And therefore, in this case, it led prosecutors to believe that they possibly had two perpetrators instead of just one. Oh, wow. See how it leads everyone into like, no, but I I mean, I wouldn't, I mean, now, because I know the story, (laughs) I I would have automatically thought this, right? What I just read. But what you said is absolutely true. Like, overkill, anger, passion. 
wanting to make sure that this person is suffered dead, because suffered. you stabbed her first and then maybe you killed her with the gunshot. Like you said, I mean, it's just, it's too much. Yeah, that's a lot. Thankfully, they were able to gather some major evidence on scene. Five 22 caliber shell casings proving the five gunshot wounds to the body. Okay, so they found all five shell casings, silverware, a camera monitor, and cigarette butts from the backyard. So those are all the things that they were able to collect for evidence. Okay, okay. so just just like so why it's so random. Yeah, those are all things that they actually found on scene that they're able to hold on to. Okay, right? and we'll talk about why that is. These were collected at the crime scene to be tested for a DNA match. Mm. DNA samples were also taken from beneath her fingernails, Ooh. according to to court documents. Again, going back to she fought, yeah. right? She fought back yeah. and tried so hard to get this person away from her. You know, she fought for her life, essentially. And this just proves, once again, right, we're always going to try to throw in as many hints and, and make you guys, I mean, this is why we like this particular topic, why yeah. we like true crime, because you want to be aware of all the signs. No, we don't want you to be paranoid. We still live our lives fairly normal. Yeah. This just proves, again, why you should always, always, always try to fight back and leave as many clues as possible yeah, kind of like did you see the one that went viral the girl that was at the gym by herself oh my gosh yes, yes. like she literally fought and fought and yes. fought and then the freaking guy got tired and and, and she was able to run away yeah, yeah like yes do not stop fighting no. and there there was actually i i kind of had mentioned to steven that i wanted to take a self um, defense class defense class yeah. yeah because one of we actually made friends with a girl who does that as a hobby and she mm -hmm. like loves it she does jujitsu with which a lot of people in our area do that's like yeah, part of thing. our culture mm -hmm. here yeah but he he told me something and I, I can't remember what it is I'll have to ask him for next time but he was like you should always you know do this if mm -hmm. you're ever in a situation with someone and I'll, I'll share with you guys more but fight back yeah at the very minimum try to get you know whatever you can underneath your fingernails whatever mm -hmm. evidence you can leave behind um just just do whatever anything. you can there you know try to stay anything. yeah what was the reason behind this murder I mean could it be a love triangle well, let's get into what caused this devastating tragedy. Jeez. On September 16th, neighbors said they witnessed Kelly at her home. So this is the day before or the day of, of the, murder. the murder. Yeah, mm -hmm. we're not really 100% sure time yet. But on September 16th, they said they witnessed Kelly at her home with two men who appeared to be working on her home. She had recently been sharing with some friends that there were some things that she wanted to get fixed around the house. And so they figured they were just helping her work on those things, right? They figured, hey, she hired some guys to come fix whatever issue she's having at her house. I'm not sure exactly what led investigators to approach him. It was probably just completely routine, but they also spoke to her boss, Ronnie Wellborn, who seemed completely shocked and distraught upon hearing about his employee's murder. When police spoke with him, he did confirm that a friend and former employee of his named Robert Beal had recently done some work for Kelly at her home. Okay. But unfortunately for Ronnie, while they were searching for Veal's contact number and communications history in their victim's phone, detectives discovered messages which indicated that she was actually having a romantic relationship with Ronnie, her boss. Ooh, okay, so when Tiffany and Ronnie divorce, is she still, she's still working for she Ronnie? She still works there. Oh, okay. She still works there, yeah. So okay. she died as his employee, oh, right? Okay, so that's okay. why they're saying... They're not exactly sure what it is that led the investigators to approach him, 
but they did. And it was probably because of the fact that he was her he, boss, yeah. right? Like he's somebody who's just connected to the case because he's her boss, mm-hmm. maybe because she used to live with him. You so know. when they approach him, he's like, oh, if he's, she's just my employee. I'm so sad she's dead. Right. I but didn't hey, divulge the information that I'm actually sleeping with. No, but he oh. did throw Robert Beale's name out there, right? He said, I know that Robert Ooh. Beale, a recent former employee of mine, was working on something at her house. Ooh. So he throws that in there. And so they... With that information, go to her phone records to look, you know, okay, did she talk to Robert Beale? Like, what was the communication? And that's where they're able to find. But they also, you know what, but this kind of like, I don't know, maybe this is just my my junky brain. Like, he gave more information than he should have. You know, why would you? Why would, yeah, they all, you always do that. Like, if you're guilty, you try to put, you know, pin it on somebody else. So he gave, he gave way too much information. They were probably like, we didn't ask you that, but okay. Well, the conversations were not just your typical conversations. There would actually be text messages where they would be telling each other they loved each other and that Ronnie couldn't wait to make her, Kelly, Mrs. Wellborn. But then a couple days later, they were in a heated argument and Kelly would tell Ronnie she never wanted to see him again, right? So you could tell they essentially had, I mean, you got to assume there's a little bit of toxicity there, right? right? She came, moved to the city or to this town to start a new life, moves in with her ex-friend from high school, you know, gets involved. Again, that's why I was saying earlier, you you have no control ever, absolutely, of any situation that you have no control in, right? But sometimes there are red flags, right? If you're in a relationship, and and again, it's not to say that they're going to get murdered, right? But it's just like, there are red flags that, that can essentially mean maybe you're not in the best situation right then. But her daughter, Caden, confirmed that her mother and Ronnie had a pretty rocky romantic relationship. Their relationship started when Ronnie split up with his wife, Tiffany. But because that was her friend, Kelly kept their relationship a secret from her family. Toxic, right? Red flag. Anytime you have to keep a relationship a secret, you guys, red flag. Yeah. Okay? This is the scary part of keeping secrets. (laughs) If you feel like you have to keep your relationship a secret... That right there proves that you probably are not in a healthy situation and that maybe you should take a step back and evaluate if this is the best situation for you, Mm -hmm. especially when you're trying to start over, right? You're trying to have this new life, you know, have peace, live well, right? Don't put yourself in that situation. Yeah, because then you're just falling into those same patterns. Like, what's the point of you leaving, trying to have a, you know, quote unquote, new life and then just doing what you were doing before or not doing what you were doing before, but just just falling into these like red flag patterns you yeah. know what I mean the whole thing is to break the cycle right yeah if you have to lie again to those closest to you your kids your family your friends then this person is probably not the right person right. for you right. and I'm also like in my mind like you were friends with with his wife like you knew what the really I'm sure that she divulged information about her True. husband you know like how would you think like yeah that's a good idea I should you know I wouldn't be like, yeah, let me go start a relationship with this man. It's not going like, with me. <laughs> yeah, like, that's just weird. But we're human, right? Yeah. We're humans. That actually happened what... to me, but that's a different story for a yeah. different day. Well, their relationship was pretty much over after Ronnie began dating a woman named Katie Robinson, who was almost 20 years his junior. So she was 20 years younger. Okay? But this is, she, she, she dies, and he starts dating another woman. No, 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 no. Wait, what? Their relationship... Her, uh, uh, Ronald and Kelly's relationship oh. was pretty much over because we're talking about like their present life right before she was murdered. Mm. Their relationship was over because he started dating Katie. So okay. he starts dating Katie Robinson, who was almost 20 years younger than him. Oh, okay. Katie then soon becomes pregnant Ooh. with his child and moves in with him. 
Okay. So she's not just a girl he's dating. Mm -hmm. He is essentially living with his baby mama. Right. Oh gosh. Kelly had to make peace with the situation and end her relationship with Ronnie, right? She had to let it go. She was in a situation where she's now dealing with this toxic man who has a baby mama and who lives with his baby mama, right? So Kelly accepts that and she says, you know what, let's move on. I mean, he was going to have a child with someone else who already lived with him at the end of the day. But Katie. Dude. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But Katie Robinson, however. Remember earlier when I said... I'll relate it to something about you at the end. I'm not going to do it right now. <laughs> oh, God. But Katie Robinson, however, could not bring herself to understand his continued friendship with Kelly and the fact that she was still his employee, right? So you're, 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 Yelena's keeping up, you guys. I told you there's a lot of names, yeah. right? And she's like, okay, wait. So she works for him. She works. So yes, she continued to be his employee, okay. even as he had this new person in his life, right? I would never. Just a week before Kelly's murder, she and Robinson got into a screaming match outside of Kelly's home after Robinson spotted Ronnie's truck parked outside the home, right? And so, basically, Kelly has Ronnie over. Katie finds out, so she shows up there, right? So, Kelly's still being toxic because she knows that he has a baby mama, but she's still, mm -hmm. you know, Uh getting on. Okay. You're you're kind of putting yourself. So, she's being messy. Yeah. Okay. To an extent, right? Yeah. To an extent. Again, not her problem, right? right? But she is essentially participating. Yeah. Two men, Robert Beal and Delvin Powell from Plano, were identified by name and description as having been seen with Kelly at her home on the last day that she was known to be alive. After multiple witness interviews and reviews of cell phone evidence, law enforcement learned that Beal and Powell were hired by Ronnie Wellborn and then-girlfriend Katie Robinson to carry out the murder. All four were ultimately charged in the murder for hire plot. All four? All four. What the heck? This Katie, is more than a triangle. This is a whole square. <laughs> <laughs> Katie Robinson was the main reason at the end of the day behind this gruesome attack on Kelly's life. She was the driving force that led Ronnie to killing Kelly. She gave him an ultimatum. It was either her or Kelly. She even gave him a deadline, as you'll hear in just a few minutes. My God. When detectives question Ronnie and Robinson, Ronnie actually admits to the affair, saying that he loved Kelly and that he had just been spending time with her on the afternoon of September 15th, the day before she was spotted with the two men. Katie was not afraid to share that she disliked Kelly at all, but of course, she denies any involvement in her murder at that time, okay? The two suspects had pretty solid alibis and consequently were released, (laughs) but her family was not just going to let it go by and sit by, essentially, during the investigation. Yeah, no. Her daughter, Kaden, actually spoke to one of Underwood's neighbors or one of Kelly's neighbors who actually confirmed that he knew the man who was at her mother's home with Robert Beale on September 16th. They had actually been in county jail together, and he was known as D. Okay, so this is a neighbor. You know, the daughter herself is out there trying to get any information, trying to figure out if anybody saw anything. Mm -hmm. Caden was actually even the person who was able to pull up a Facebook photo to identify who D was. D is going to be known as Delvin Powell. Powell was a known criminal. He had already had outstanding warrants for domestic violence charges and was actually taken into custody at a Princeton area motel. And this is this is Kelly's daughter that reached out to this man? 
Kelly's daughter is the one who found pictures of him on Facebook oh, because okay. of the neighbor. The neighbor oh, was okay. in jail with this man. Oh, okay. He's okay, like, okay. I saw him at her house. Okay, right? got it. So he actually gets arrested because of all these warrants that he had. They found him at a hotel in the Princeton area and they take him in to okay. jail. When they located Powell's hotel room, investigators found knives and a box of 22 Ooh. caliber. According to court documents, Powell actually even admitted to working with Veal at Underwood's home on September 16th, but said that when he, that she was still alive when he left for the day. Mm. So they find his hotel room. They find evidence that matches the evidence that was found on scene. Right. He puts himself there in her house, but says that he left before, before the murder happened. Anything happened. Mm. But he's still an accomplice because he still ultimately knew what was going to happen. Right. On September 29th, authorities received a tip about Robert Beale's whereabouts and brought him in for questioning. So Robert Beale is the other guy, right? Yeah. So Robert Beale is the other guy that was there. Beale admitted he was with Underwood on the 16th, or with Kelly, but claims to know nothing about her murder. Texas Rangers later confiscated his cell phone and found he had been communicating with Katie Robinson that day all along. Wow. And this, so this is Robert Beale. This is yeah. not her baby daddy, right? right? This is the other guy. Katie was actually demanding for Robert to call her in the messages. And she even kept asking what's going on around the time that they had determined that Kelly was killed. Ooh. It was obvious that they were involved in something and that they were suspects at this point because Robert and Katie honestly had no reason. They had no prior relationship and they had no reason to be communicating with each other at that time at all. Right. Yeah. Like there's no reason for them to be sending messages back and forth. Mm -hmm. I mean, their conversations didn't even make sense. <laughs> you know, like she's just like demanding information. What's going on? What's happening? It was just so obvious to the investigators that there was only one reason why they were communicating at that very moment. Or could it just be wrong time, wrong place? No, absolutely not. Right. It's never wrong time, wrong place. Right. But unfortunately, like in most cases where it seems as though it's clear cut and shut, right? Where it's a clear cut and shut case. Investigators did not have enough evidence to hold Veal, so he was released from custody. Fortunately, DNA samples were taken from both Veal and Powell and later matched to materials found at the crime scene, okay. according to court documents. But that takes a while. Like, when you do DNA testing, it's not like in, like we've said this before, it's not like in CSI and TV shows where you get it 24 days later. Like, mm -hmm. this can take months. Mm -hmm. Case in point, on yeah. November 19th. Oh. 15th, sorry, November 15th, the Texas Rangers again interviewed Katie Robinson. Oh. So they still haven't even made a determination yet, right? They interviewed Katie Robinson, and under questioning, she did reveal that Ronnie actually hired Robert to kill Kelly. Mm -hmm. But she also had the audacity to claim she still had nothing to do with it. Okay, so she knew about it. She knew the plot. She knew what was going to happen or what was essentially underway. Right. But she still is saying she had nothing to do with it. Texas Rangers brought Ronnie in for questioning and confronted him with his girlfriend's betrayal, right? Typical move on yeah, investigators. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, your girlfriend has told us everything. Is there yeah. anything else that you have to say? Of course, he falls under pressure, breaks under pressure, however you want to say it, and admits paying Veal and Powell $8,000 to kill Kelly and even supplying the gun she had been shot with. When asked why he had her killed, he claimed he was tired of the drama between the two women in his life. What the fuck? Yeah. The drama he himself created. Right, because he was still messing around with Katie. Still, like, I'm not Katie Kelly. 
because he wanted to. He could have left her. He could have fired. Not, I mean, I don't know about fired her. If their company was baked, there was maybe like an HR. But like, still, like, that's your fault, homeboy. He created his own yes. drama. I mean, it's so sad that she, she was a again kind of had a little bit of control whether or not she put herself in this place or in this yeah. situation right but she has no control how four people against one yeah no i mean <sighs> and then random people too like where did robert come from like where did you know what i mean like, well they were you know i'm sure it but like how does how does i'm saying how does ronnie go to robert and like be like, yeah, let's kill somebody. And then Robert's like, how does that cool. Con- like, how does that conversation ever even come up? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, how did you, you don't know Kelly enough to be like, yeah, sure, I'll kill her. Like, what have you done in a past life? Like, have you killed before? Like, is this just a fantasy? Have you always wanted to do this? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's crazy. And I guess because of um, their background and them having, like, I'm sure they probably ha- obviously had jail time, right? So, People probably knew what they were or what they had gone to jail for. That information wasn't really public online when I did the research. Like, they don't really have much information on those guys that were accused. Yeah. But they were criminals, you know? And so maybe they had already partaken in something like that and people knew. I don't know. It's just, you're always in that, like, when they have those shows where it's, like, the hidden camera. Yeah. They're, they're like, pretending that that person was killed Mm -hmm. because they want to, like, catch someone in the plot. It's, like, you see them talking and they're just in a car and they're, like, yeah you know, I know that you've done something like this before. It's like, how? How did how? you know that? Yeah. Like, that that to me is, is the mind-blowing part, that he's yeah. like, I was done with the drama, but sir, you created this drama. Absolutely. None of this would have happened had you not put yourself in this situation. Mm-hmm. So Ronnie apparently even ends up going all the way to taking complete responsibility of everything that happened. He tried to distance Katie from actually participating at all even trying to claim that she really knew nothing about the murder, which ultimately investigators didn't believe. Right. Again, he's probably trying to protect her because she is the mother of his child yeah, or she's pregnant. soon to be child and doesn't want his kid to be stuck in a situation where it doesn't have parents or whatever it is. Yeah. But we know, you know, the reality behind it. There there can't she was there's way too much evidence pointing to that she knew what was going yeah. on. You know yeah. that she was essentially a part of it. But it's all hearsay, right? <laughs> Robinson's cell phone records, however, revealed the depth of her involvement, as I mentioned. Text messages show her urging Ronnie to get rid of Kelly and warning him if it's not done. If you heard me at the beginning, I said she gave him a date, right? Like, it wasn't just like a she or me thing. It was like a no. If it's not done, I'm leaving you. And she told him, if it's not done by September 18th, I'm gone, according to the records. And so on November 16th, 2017... The day after he confesses, right, the day after he falls under pressure mm-hmm. with investigators, Ronnie Wellborn, age 45, Katie Robinson, age 28, Robert Veal, age 35, and Delvin Powell, age 38, were all charged with capital murder, according to Fort Worth, NBC. Robert Veal and Delvin Powell were found guilty of capital murder and sentenced to life without the possibility of parole. According to Fort Worth CBS affiliate KTBT, Ronnie Keith Walborn pleaded guilty to murder in October 2020. Oh, wow. And was sentenced to life in prison, according to the Princeton Herald. He will, though, be eligible for parole in 2047, at which he will be 75 years old. I just can't even believe 
that he's going to be up for parole at age 75. That's, I mean, nowadays, more people, I forget the statistic, but are living to age 100 than ever before. Yeah. And so I don't think personally that he should ever see the light of day. Mm -hmm. But Katie Elizabeth Robinson would also plead guilty to murder after she said that she had nothing to do with it. There was just too much evidence against her. And ultimately, they determined that the right result in her case was a plea of guilty to 30 years in prison. So Robinson, as well as Ronnie, will be eligible for parole. But her parole will happen much sooner. It'll happen in 2032 Ooh. when she's only 43 years old. And what about her child? Um, I don't know. That's a good question. Probably. Though, she's probably going to be left, or the, I don't know, she or he would probably be with like family members. Yeah, next of kin, I would yeah. assume. But I don't even know. Did she have the baby? Like yeah. that information like completely disappeared once I got to the end of the case. But huh. I'll definitely look into that okay. and see if she had how old the kid is because it should be like, what, three years old at this point? No, yeah. like five years old. Yeah. So no, I'll look it up. Yeah. As a love triangle and ultimately a murder for hire plot that ended with a daughter finding her mother shot and stabbed to death inside of a North Texas home in 2017, we now learn that the victim's boss and former lover Ronnie Walborn, age 48 at the time, of Princeton, received a life sentence after pleading guilty for his role in Kelly Underwood's murder. So at least we can say at this point, right, that there has been some sort of justice for yes. this woman because she, again, was put into a situation in which she had no control over what yeah. was going to happen to her mm -mm. because she was maybe in the wrong place. Yeah. Wrong time. That's very interesting because I thought, like, that took a left turn for me because I thought Tiffany was going to be involved. Mm -hmm. Is there, like, an update on Tiffany? Like, she dodged a bullet. No, I think she, she, she completely just... falls. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's something yeah. she probably wanted to you know, do interviews for the press or whatever mm -hmm. because it was her ex-husband ultimately, her friend, her friend was murdered by. Yeah. Um, so I'll look it I'll look it up and see and then um I'll post some stuff on IG with our picks and stuff of the case and so you guys can see like I'll try to update you with, you know, outside people since there was so yeah. many characters or people involved. But ultimately, again, you know, she trusted this person because he was her boss. He wasn't just her friend. Yeah. He wasn't just her lover. They weren't just involved romantically. He was her boss, you know, was someone she relied on. She communicated with every mm -hmm. single day. And she just never imagined that something like this would happen at the hands of someone. Yeah, nobody like could have imagined that ever. Yeah, that's crazy, crazy, crazy story. So Kelly, essentially, children have to live with this horrible memory of their mother. But like I said, I like to put a little focus on this episode on the victim and just kind of, you know, she ended up in that place and you know, just, she should be remembered yeah, by all absolutely. the good things that she did in her life and the type of impact that she made on people and not because of this love triangle right. to an extent, like you yeah. said, it's a square, it's a, what is it? What's the trapezoid, right? Oh, yeah. There's so many people involved, but at the end of the day, she was in a situation with a person that she trusted that, yeah. that she loved. And yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Over. That's a great story. It's a great Valentine story. It like hit home in a couple of places for me, but you know, thank God I'm out of it. <laughs> thank God we're on to bigger and better yeah. things and just being stuck in a toxic place with someone. Again, when you feel like you have to lie, you guys, when you feel like you can't be truthful even to yourself, to your parents, to your friends, to people who you have close relationships with, you are not in a healthy no, situation. No, yeah. And you need to get out. Like, yeah. you need to run. <laughs> yeah. And I know that that's, like, easier said than done. Figure out an exit plan. You get to that place where it's like, okay, I know I'm in this wrong 
relationship, this toxic relationship, what do I have to do to get out of it? Get your little ducks in a row and then hightail it because ultimately life is what happens. And this happens a lot. We read it all the time. We listen to podcasts about it all the time. So And yeah. have support, you guys. Don't ever, you know, I, I talk to my friends. I have very close open relationships with my friends and communication. Try, I know it's not easy. It's not easy for a lot of us to open up and ask for help, much yeah. less advice. It's difficult to ask people for advice, but and it's not to say your friends and your family don't always want to get involved in your relationship either, right? Like, I don't like getting involved in people's relationships mm -hmm. at all, but I am your support system, yeah. right? And so just always try to have a support system where you have that trust, where, you, hey, I, this happened. I'm not really sure how to feel about the situation or how did I react re correctly? Did I overreact? Always, there, there are always like a soundboard. Yeah. Yes. Like what we talked about with Vanessa the other day, uh, with, um, having a code. What was it? The oh, uh, having a secret phrase. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it was a TikTok, right? And then it was when you're not in a safe place or. Yes. But or it was you like, feel like you have to call someone. What was it? I'm going to look it up as we, as we kind of close out our podcast. But yeah, it was when you feel like you're in a situation where maybe you're not that safe. Yeah. And you need friends to come get you. Like you need to call them and tell them, y'all should have a phrase. So when she says that phrase, it's, oh, I know I have to send an Uber or get myself there so that I could get home, get her home safe or something like that. I don't know my mom goes, is your windows locked and closed? Yeah, it was 3 a.m. I was see y'all live. Because why are you asking me this? And we both know I love a cool breeze. She said a man did. Okay. So if, if you didn't hear the audio clearly, she said a man came through her open window. Yeah. Continue. I'm not Or text them that secret phrase they know shit 
shit is going down. Shit is going down. She needs help. Send the police. Yeah. So we have our own phrase. Yes. We won't say it, but. Of course not. (laughs) We're not going to say it because (laughs) there's probably a psycho listening to our podcast right now. No. and, and, And so, yeah. Have a phrase or something. I don't know. A word, a phrase. But have a support system. Yes. It goes back to that, right? Especially have because, well, Vanessa and I are single. We're dating. Mm-hmm. We're going to be safe. Well, no, awesome. I loved it. Episode. I know. I know it's kind of late. We were trying to get this episode out by Valentine's Day, but I hope everybody had a great Valentine's Day. Great February so far. A great year so far. I feel like I'm having a great month or a great year. Yay. It's just a different vibe this year. Yeah. And yeah. our toddler's awake. Perfect. Yes. Time. All right, you guys. I'm going to go oh, do okay. mommy duties because my baby just woke up so we will see you guys next week bye